My name's Josh Bibby. I'm joined today by Amy Weir and Charlotte Arundale. We've all recently been ULaw bar course students and we're currently working with the employability team before we start pupillage. We've decided to record a series of bar careers podcasts based on our own reflections on topics we think it would have been really useful to know more about. If you're pursuing a career at the bar, this is definitely the right podcast for you. So I'll start off by highlighting that actually there's no script and no agenda for these podcasts. And what we're going to do is occasionally go off piste, but hopefully that means that you're going to get a much more genuine and rich conversation between three people who've recently been through the pupillage application cycle and been successful in applications. So today's topic is going to be networking, which I think it's fair to say, isn't it? It's something that at certain points we've all struggled with. Um, yeah definitely yeah it be I quite think, daunting I think for me it's definitely something I I've, I found I felt quite anxious about going to events not really knowing what it was all about why I was doing it um, and really like what I was meant to get out of it yeah I would agree with that I think there are some kind of natural anxieties um, about networking events I also just think about approaching people um and kind of having the confidence to do that so I think it'd be really good if we kind of have a bit of a discussion about why we're doing it in the first place um just to kind of show how important it is um so do you guys have any um kind of thoughts on why we do networking in the first place I think one, one thing that always confused me was um like certainly when I started my undergraduate law degree I kind of got the impression that networking meant you make a contact with someone and they like get you a job and you somehow manage to bypass applying for jobs and you get like headhunted for them, yeah. which I, I, saying it now, it kind of sounds a bit ridiculous, but that was genuinely kind of what I thought it was at the time. Um, and going through the process um, and obviously now being a few years since I studied law and having done the bar course, you realize it's just not the case, is it? I think um, you, you can do networking to maybe, get some advice on a particular area of law or a particular career path or um or it could even be in relation to a specific application but you definitely don't network with the aim of walking out of that room with a job yeah i would agree with that i think also i think there's sometimes a pressure to definitely stay in contact with the people that you're networking which can happen and that's great if you if that does happen but i've also kind of got great things of just having conversations with people and they've kind of maybe I've got new ideas from having conversations with people so if you kind of go into it it's just a kind of way to get kind of listen to people get new ideas and not to put too much pressure on yourself I think it can be a really kind of useful way to kind of inspire you maybe to look into a new area of law and to consider certain areas of practice I also you think it's a really great um, way to get to know other people in the profession, whether that be talking about law or other things, personal interests that you may have in common that can help you build a connection. And you never know that might turn into an opportunity or it might even turn into a reference later down the line. Yeah, I think that's um, quite an important thing you touched on there, Charlotte, in terms of like networking 
isn't about being kind of transactional, is it? And and starting a conversation and going straight in with the kind of nitty gritty of like, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Because you you come across as as someone that's just like asking the world and kind of giving nothing. I think networking is much more about actually to an extent getting to know someone or or learning like what it is what wisdom insight or whatever it is that they can contribute rather than going straight in with an ask of yeah can you just do this for me and I think that's really the thing especially with barristers is okay yeah they're always happy to tell you about their story and how they got to the bar but they do have lives outside of that and with the bar being so collegiate it's nice to find out what you do have in common. So for example, if you're into drama, you might be chatting to a barrister who's also into drama and is in one of their inns, drama-like societies. And so you might find yourself getting dragged into that by meeting that person. And then that will open more doors for you, even though you haven't gone in with a, can I have a mini pupillage kind of attitude? Yeah. Yeah, I think actually in, in a way, you can think of networking. I don't want to sound too cliche when I say this, but it's it's almost a bit like about saying yes to opportunities that come your way in the sense that like you may find yourself at some kind of event or something, just chatting to a barrister or someone involved in, in the bar as a profession about a random topic. And it's like, instead of thinking, oh, I've got to change the topic onto like something more relevant for something I really want. It's like, let's just run with this conversation and see where it goes. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And then that is a contact. It's a friendly face at future events as well, isn't it? It doesn't always have to be legal. I think that's a really important point. Um, is about, like you said, Josh, Charlotte, getting to know other people and getting to know other people in the profession. Mm. And I think something I've um, come to appreciate more since finishing the bar course as well is the fact that uh, networking isn't necessarily about making contact to like judges or really senior barristers or like 10, 20 years ahead of you. Networking is actually also about your peer group because the people who you're um, in class with at the moment may well end up being your colleagues at the bar. So they're still valuable contacts, aren't they? <laughs> Absolutely. And then um, Josh, we were classmates. And yeah, exactly. We'll end up being at the bar. <laughs> And that's also nice because you two will be going through similar things together and it would be probably nice, I think we were speaking about this before, to kind of you two to be able to connect from different chambers but about your experiences because you might want to kind of maybe discuss something or talk about something and it will be quite nice, not necessarily for a kind of career point of view but just for your own personal point of view to have someone to talk about that and I think networking plays a role in that as well, kind of for your own personal point of view as well as career-wise. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's so many different ways in which we network now. I think it's also worth talking about um, like net networking online because I think some of the things I've been I, I was mentioning before were like if you bump into someone at a careers event and like running with a conversation. But like you can also find that networking happens. Say if a barrister posts something on LinkedIn and you end up commenting on it, or vice versa. Yeah that leads to a conversation and that in itself is networking. I've um, also seen people get great experiences on Twitter by posting something themselves about what they've done and a barrister has commented on it. That's, as you say, there's many ways in which we can network and they vary from mm. kind of events to online. 
Yeah, I've even heard of a, a judge offering a marshalling opportunity on Twitter because I think like someone dropped out quite last minute, and um, and this judge offered, uh, yeah, marshalling opportunity and had like hundreds of replies within five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's incredible the kind of power of Twitter and LinkedIn. I think. Yeah. What kind of events have you two been to that you've maybe had more of your successful networking experiences? I I definitely think um, in events have been mm. best for me, um, mostly through like qualifying sessions and things like that, because I, I kind of feel like at in events, everyone that's involved with the in they're so invested in helping the next generation of barristers for that sure. they naturally they, they naturally sort of come in with the mindset of wanting to give really help helpful useful advice that's not to say that that doesn't happen at other events too i just kind of always get that feeling when you're in an event that you're surrounded by allies who are really on your team whereas um say for example at pupillage fairs i always really struggled at those events because i find there's so many people there's so many stands there's so much going on and like so many people want to get a question into whoever's running the stand that i just sort of never get on get into a conversation on a really meaningful level yeah, no, I agree with that. I find that with the pupillage fairs as well. Um, they were never the best kind of scenario to actually get to know somebody else, which I think is the key thing with networking. Um, for me, I did a lot when I was doing my undergraduate degree um, because we had a really great bar society, which was lovely. Um, and so I went to a couple of annual networking dinners. We actually had those. But the same thing with your in. They have big dinners that you can go to and you meet other people and there's that rule isn't there at the end where you have to speak to three new people at least if you're at middle so that's a oh, good way there? to get oh, started wow. yeah yeah I don't I don't know if we have that at Lincoln so it, it might have just passed me by but that sounds quite a good rule actually yeah I also recommend kind of doing the I don't know if either of you did the advocacy weekends that I don't know if it's just an inner temple thing do they do the weekends at other uh, inns yeah they... I, I missed I think we both missed out on that because of covid yeah, because that's a, a very good way to kind of be around the same people for a good chunk of time um, and because it's less pressure on it then because you're kind of seeing them for a talk and then you're seeing them for a kind of small group meeting so kind of taking up in opportunities I think is definitely um, a big one for networking. Mm. I think as well with um, networking this just reminded me of something like I think you, you have to understand your own personality type because I'm not really someone that actually enjoys small talk very much mm -hmm. i'm the kind of person that I'd, I'd much prefer to say for example if you're going out with a group of friends i'd much rather go out with a group of like four or five friends and we all chat about something in quite a lot more depth rather than being in a in a, a party with 20 or 30 people where you've got to make small talk with everyone yeah um and i think if you are similar to me don't put too much pressure on yourself to kind of be able to do really well in those big group settings I completely agree with that I think that you should not be yourself because you're networking I think there are ways to do it by being yourself whether you're extroverted or introverted or yeah I think that's, type. that's when at networking events you always get like that horrible awkward feeling is when you can tell someone there is like trying to behave in a thing in a way that mm. they think they're supposed to behave because of the networking event and, yeah. and again, it is quite cliched, but it's always best. Well, actually, whether it's in networking events or in interviews, really, just to kind of genuinely be yourself. Yeah, I agree. And I think that kind of plays 
on that it's not just about you talking when networking I think also listening to what other people around you have to say is a big part of networking and so if you're someone that maybe naturally is more of a listener for example Mm. that's totally fine you can still network by just being around people and listening to them and taking things on board yeah and do you know what that that touched on such a good point because um i think at networking events listening and also observing is really important because mm. you get when you're talking to a barrister at a networking event you get so many like of these social cues about how barristers behave how like their body language um the way they speak and all of these types of things that you can just kind of be there a bit like a sponge and absorb all of these like different things and aspects about them um that also reminds me don't be afraid to take a pen and paper to a networking event and if somebody's offering you contact details get them written down sometimes yeah. also i've had it before where a barrister's like you know just search me on linkedin or whatever and that that's fine but if, if someone's giving you contact details definitely definitely take them and um i'd probably say yeah follow up that's it but what would you say the rule is charlotte as to how, how long you wait before following up oh well i wouldn't say five minutes after the event finishes that might be a little bit too keen um <laughs> perhaps the next day you want to keep it fresh enough that they remember who you are so don't leave it a week or so because people are so busy you'd never know whether they're going to remember you or not but i wouldn't do it immediately that second because for example if there are if they are offering you something like a mini pupillage um in that moment they're not going to have their diary open so give them some time send them a nice email or linkedin message whatever you're going to do um and just wait for them to get back to you i guess yeah but also on on that note don't if it has been a while and they still haven't got back to you and they they sounded super keen at the networking event don't be afraid to send up a little polite chaser email or message or whatever it is just to say um i don't know what it would it be like something like just, just wondering if you um got my message on whenever or or whatever your your polite chaser is because i've had it before where barristers get so busy that they just they've maybe seen your email while they're preparing for a case or something and it goes to the bottom of their priority list and then you know they've they've forgotten simply and that's it yeah it's not that they're not willing still so it's worth doing for sure Mm. Mm. i'd say even if they do give your email address or contact details though I do think LinkedIn or Twitter is a good way of a kind of continuing the kind of relationship because say you post thing on LinkedIn or if they post thing on LinkedIn and you like it or you react to it, it just kind of keeps you in their mind or their kind of their network as such so I think both tools work really well. Yeah I think that that's it isn't it because like it's significant milestones of your journey to being a barrister like whether it's putting something about your degree results on there or your bar course results or your call to the bar um because that'll pop up on their news feed it just keeps you sort of fresh in their mind almost subconsciously for them yeah yeah exactly and amy i think you kind of touched on a good thing there so there's networking initially but then you need to keep up that networking so you're still interacting with the people that you've initially gone up to i think that's something that people are not so good at generally yeah I think I'm not very good at that um me neither <laughs> yeah Amy what's what do you think your secret is to to that because I think for me I, I just find it awkward sometimes knowing how often you should stay in touch with someone yeah I think it depends on what you kind of envisage it looking like I think for me emailing people I, I think networking for me has got some good experiences for example shadowing 
And so that kind of naturally kept it going because we'd be emailing about when I'm going to shadow and then you do the shadowing and then kind of asking about cases that they're doing. I mean, you kind of had to get to a certain point, but then you can you kind of get to the point where you can start asking questions. So, for example, I might ask some people that I networked with about a confusing point of law or a case that I didn't quite understand. And they've always been really willing to kind of give their advice on that. So I think you can kind of, if you've got something in mind that you would like to your help with, for example, whether it's shadowing, then that does kind of create a natural goal that you're working towards. And then that from that comes further advice, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I think that's um, that's a really good idea because I think as well it it just shows to the person you were with, particularly if it's like as a result of shadowing or something, you're like really engaged in what you were doing. Exactly. So, for example, I shadowed um, a barrister and then a couple of weeks later come to kind of writing out my notes for future applications and just had a question on a point of law or something was I remembering it right? Is this exactly what happened? And we got in contact asking about it. And they were very happy to kind of remind me what happened, explain to me what happened. And little things like that just keep the contact going and keep, it kind of Mm. allows you to ask really interesting questions. And then it comes to the people's application cycle and then you can ask them about that. So it's just like keeping contact about things that one, you are genuinely interested in, but then finding the opportunities to ask those kind of questions. Yeah. You mentioned the pupillage application cycle there. Mm. Um, it, it just popped into my mind as well about, um, I think it might be useful to talk a bit about how you translate conversations you've had at networking events into something on a pupillage application form. Yeah. So like something I saw quite a lot last year, particularly because loads of people were attending online events because of COVID, it, people were saying like, um, you know, went to an online networking event with members of this chambers or spoke to such and such member of chambers at this virtual event Mm. and they're using that as part of the answer of why do you want to come to this chambers yeah to demonstrate that sort of like some kind of connection with the chambers really um did you find there any like particularly useful ways or phrases that you use for kind of talking about your networking events in, in those questions on application forms I use that um, quite a few times, actually, um, and for the set that I'm going to, because I met a QC um, from the chambers that I was going to at an Inner Temple event and spoke about it in that question, why this chambers as part of the question, saying that I had a conversation with this barrister and kind of the ethos of the chambers, what the chambers are about really appealed to me. And I think that's the kind of if you have a conversation with someone and the way they talk about your set thinks that it's this kind of set that you will fit in with and it kind of matches your ethos and your um, the areas of law that you're interested in, then you can absolutely put that on application because it's a genuine reason why you were then interested in that set. Because for me, it definitely was. Mm. Yeah, I think it's really about getting across like what, what it is that's creating that personal connection between you and the chambers, isn't it? So why, what was it about that conversation that triggered in your mind oh yes I've got to come to this set of chambers exactly. and I think that that that's where you've got to write down something that resonates with a personal reason for you rather than just like quite a fluffy woolly way of saying things just simply saying like oh I met someone at this chambers and therefore I want to come to this chambers yeah because that yep. misses a, a key link in the chain of logic which is like they were talking about these aspects or these things or whatever the chambers does and you know th- this is what I want to do 
Um, yeah, for example, they he um, spoke about kind of the mentoring scheme that they have at the chamber. So it's just little things that, you, that shows you have a genuine interest because then you can go and follow up with your own research. But if you've that kind of shows that you had that point of contact and then a mm. genuine interest in that chambers that you're applying to. Mm. So it's a really it's a really good tool, I think, on application forms. I think as well, like if you've spoken to a particularly junior member of chambers, maybe a current pupil or someone who's been a tenant for one, two or three years, you can um, give a really helpful insight and say like, well, I've, I've learned about what life is like as a junior tenant. Yes, and, sure. and that that really reflects well on a pupillage application form because you're, you're going in with this good knowledge of what it is you're applying for and what it is you'll be facing in that pupillage year. Yeah, and this is slightly off topic, but on on kind of the similar vein of that question, why this chambers, things like pupillage opening open events that chambers do are really good for that because you can then they might say something that really does resonate with you or um kind of is what you want out of a chambers. And you can say that in your pupillage application form because it shows again a genuine interest. So alongside this kind of networking that we're talking about, those kind of open evenings, whether they're online or in person, are a really good a good way to have a good answer and a genuine answer to that question. Yeah, they're often, what's great about those open evenings, I think as well, is that they're often super easy to sign up for. Quite yeah, a lot of them you really don't are. have to do, you don't have to do like a full application form. It's just kind of a, put your name and email address in and, and you get a link or something. Exactly, exactly. And they do give you on the whole a good, a good feel for what the Chambers is about. Okay, so I think that probably concludes our first episode on networking. Thanks very much, everyone, for listening to this. And do keep an eye out for our future episodes. If you've got any questions in the meantime or any thoughts for future topics, do feel free to email amy.weir at law.ac.uk. Bye.